the blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. hosts Adam and John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no-holds-barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host John Spees. I'm your co-host Adam Spees. Today we have podcasting partners pushing each other for puzzle preeminence. In one corner we have Jeff Zim Zim Zalabim. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, if you would, let the folks uh, at home know who you are and a little bit about you. Uh, my name is Jeff Bim. Uh, I'm from the Chicagoland area for about a decade. Uh, I had my own very small, very independent trivia company called RMT Trivia, as in Riddle Me This, uh, up until last year or so when I had to swap over to streaming. Uh, and then recently, uh, up until I retired from trivia, uh, no longer writing or hosting, uh, I might go back because I miss it, but at the same time, I really have so much more free time (laughs) to not write and host trivia, which is nice. But also, you know, I do miss it. I miss all my trivia buddies. I miss playing. And then, um, as I'm sure Jason will mention as well, and as we are podcasting partners, we're both uh, part of the Quadrivia podcast, which is a podcast just about uh, writing and hosting uh, your own trivia game, how to increase uh, your odds of of being better at that, I guess. Uh, just kind of like a, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of educational, but it's also kind of a place for us to just talk about things specific to being trivia hosts. It's really fun. All right. I was actually uh, I was I was fortunate enough to be on the Quadrivia podcast, and it was a lot of fun because we did we just kind of talk stuff, and then you guys kind of played some games with us, yeah. and then let us lead a little bit of kind of our own style game stuff too. So it was uh, it's really solid. Yeah, it's a good time. All yeah. right. Well, let's meet the podcasting partner in question. In the other corner, we have Jason the Skanker <laughs> Borsum. <laughs> Jason, if you would tell the folks at home a little bit about you. Uh, sure. First and foremost, I have no idea when I adopted the moniker Skanker, but I think that's going to stick. Uh, my name is Jason. I'm the owner and operator of Liquid Courage Entertainment, a uh, multifaceted entertainment brand out of the Chicagoland area and hopefully beyond, uh, focusing primarily in things like pub trivia. Uh, just branched out to music bingo. We DJ, we do karaoke. Basically, if you're willing to give me money to show up and talk at you for a couple hours, I am there. Uh, much like Jeff, uh, based out of the Chicago area, much like Jeff, a uh, co-founder of the Quadrivia podcast, coming again soon, hopefully, to <laughs> podcast aggregators near you. And uh, just like Jeff, uh, you could find me on Twitch uh, as of quarantine. My Twitch channel uh, is up and going a few times a week with uh, variety trivia and trivia adjacent content. On a personal note, uh, happily married, two kids. I'm an Aquarius, and I do not enjoy long walks on the beach. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I'm noticing something, though, because we're recording over Zoom. Jason, you got a pretty sweet, well, two sweet tattoos on each of your shoulders. Can you tell everybody just like how, I mean, obviously you're a pop culture person. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, I actually have six, but the two that you're talking about, this one uh, on my left shoulder, 
left bicep, I should say, uh, I got for my friend's 21st birthday. It's uh, a yin yang with the uh, comedy and tragedy drama masks uh, uh-huh. drawn above it. And the one on the right, yes, which hopefully the is one. mirrored on Zoom, because when I was 21, I went to Chicago uh, New Year's Eve, got really drunk and decided to get a tattoo. It's the Thundercats logo <laughs> backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, it looks awesome. You can tell it's Thundercats, which is fantastic. Yeah, I'm the only person in the world that's bothered by that. But the good news is I'm bothered by it. So there you go. I get that reminder every day. I, I also want to mention, uh, Jason, I do like your necklace. Oh, hey, oh well, if we're going down the, the route, I'm wearing a Deadpool necklace right now, and it matches uh, this piece of artwork that I got Uh-oh. last year. Oh, uh, oh, oh, oh. Find sponsors on Twitch. Uh, what I'm a not back sure how piece. great that's showing up on camera, but that is uh, <laughs> so big. that is a full resolution, full back <laughs> tattoo image of uh, the Deadpool emoji you'll find on my channel uh, doing the hard hands. It's so that when, when awesome. you told me you were getting the Deadpool tattoo on your back, I'm like, oh, like a little like a, it's like no, it's this entire <laughs> thoracic. Oh no, bro. no, the Twitch the Twitch streamers got what they paid for, which was apparently this tattoo forever. <laughs> well, it's on your back. You don't have to look at it. I like my back, though. (laughs) All right, folks. Well, let's learn how to play the game. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, before we get started, I want to know our contenders just a little bit better. And Jason, I heard something about you, so I'm going to, this little question is kind of influenced by this. I would like you two to tell me what is your favorite 90s ska song? Ooh, my favorite 90s ska song. And you're starting with me so that Jeff can have 45 minutes to, to go on a lecture about this? Well, I only need um, one. <laughs> I'm torn. I'm going to go with the original one versus the the, the cover ska version of a song I, I very much love. I'm going to go with Beer by Real Big Fish. Man, you get out of my brain immediately. <laughs> that was like top of the list. Uh, can I choose, since I can't say beer... <laughs> I'm going to choose the entirety of the album Keys Be Nights by Catch-22. I'm going to need a song. uh, uh. (laughs) All right, 9mm in a three-piece suit. But the entire album's really great. But that's the... uh, No, Dear Sergio. Dear Sergio. That's it. (laughs) Final answer. I'm locked in. All (laughs) right. Well, I have my own answer for that, but I'm not going to mention in case Adam and I ever do an episode of that on our other channel. But unfortunately... I've never heard nine millimeter in a three-piece suit, so automatically Jason's going to get picked first in round one because I have heard the song "Beer." I think that's going to annoy Jeff very much, but I'll take it. All right, Jason, what category would you like? Uh, let's start. I feel like games is a bit of a wheelhouse for me. I'm a huge board gamer, so let's start with toys and games. 
Toys and games. And your decade is the 70s. Okay. Lunar Lander is a single-player single arcade game where the player controls a landing module viewed from the side and attempts to land safely on this celestial body. I don't know why I'm thinking so hard about this. The name of the game is Lunar Lander. It can only be the moon. I'm going to lock in with the moon. The moon is correct. <laughs> yeah, does what it says. I thought you were throwing ten. a fast one past me there for a second. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what category would you like? Um, let's go with music. Okay. And your decade is the 50s. Jesus. <laughs> Come on. J.P. Richardson was a singer known for such 50s classics as White Lightning and Chantilly Lace. And for an unfortunate plane crash near Clear Lake, Iowa. He was better known by what name? Is that, uh, the Big Bopper, I believe? The Big Bopper is correct. Yeah. I had to really quickly go through. I'm like, okay, which one has a nickname? <laughs> hey, I think Richie Valens was just Richie Valens. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, he was technically Ricardo Valenzuela, but... Yeah, but that's hard to pronounce. You're right. Richie. <laughs> All right, Jason, what category would you like? Uh, let's move into food. Okay. And it's going to be fresh because it is the 2000s. This dish started becoming popular in the late 2000s and is simply a mashed Mexican fruit on top of crisp crispy bread. I So I was born at the very beginning of 1981, which makes me the oldest millennial on the planet. This has got to be avocado toast. <laughs> Avocado toast is correct. And it's the reason our entire generation cannot afford homes. <laughs> oh, funny All and right. sad. Back to Jeff. What category would you like? Um, let's go. Let's try slang. Your decade is the 60s. Oh, Jeff, a bippy was slang for what part of the body? Bippy. Uh, a bippy. Well, <laughs> crap. For a second, I was hoping it would be like hippie, then yippie, then bippy, but I have no idea. I remember what those two were, but not a bippy. Let's say, how about um, one's rear parts, your your bottom, your bottom bits. Bottom. Is correct. Hey, yeah. hey, you bet your sweet bippy is right. <laughs> exactly. Fat bottom bippy, baby. <laughs> or fat bippy woman. Yeah, exactly. Fat bippy girls. That's what it would be. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. Everybody is doing great. Back to Jason. What category would you like? Uh, let's take news and politics off the board. Okay. And your decade is the 50s. This civil rights protest lasted just over a year and began when Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat to a white man. I'm going to assume you're looking for something more specific than the word Selma here. No, I'm actually going to retcon that. It's the, the Montgomery bus boycott. Montgomery bus boycott is correct. <sighs> oh, that was a good uh, transition because you were about got to close lose there. it. Yeah, I, hope, I absolutely was. I hope my poker face. Like there's two cities associated. It's the other one. Who? Maybe I get a steal. <laughs> All right. Well, no opportunity to steal, but it is your chance to pick a category, Jeff. 
Uh, let's go with TV and see if we can't get some more modern juju on those dice. TV. All right, sending all my juju. And I'm sorry, we're in the 50s again. <laughs> so sorry, that's how the dice go. Good news, there are only three TV shows in the 50s, yeah. so you yeah. got a one in three shot on this. All right, and this question is brought to us by Jody Steele. Thank you, Jody. It is a little wordy, so listen all the way through. In 1954, this legend of television hosted and produced her own variety talk show on NBC. She used her control over the show to hire Arthur Duncan, a black tap dancer. When the show received complaints and threats of boycotts, she responded with, I'm sorry, live with it, and gave even more airtime to Duncan. She really is a friend. That, uh, I believe, is Betty White. That is absolutely the Miss Betty White. Nice. Yes. Thank you, Internet Information Memes. I love you. <laughs> yeah, the problem is I know the circles of the Internet that Jeff rolls in, so as soon as you start asking that question, I'm like, damn it, he's going to get this. <laughs> <laughs> then I saw his face light up. Oh. All right, Jason, what would you like? Uh, let's see. I'm torn. Do I want to stick Jeff with fashion, knowing uh, how he dresses, or do I want to take it for myself, knowing how I dress? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's take fashion. All right. And your decade is the 80s. Oh, good. I was around for those. Nothing got between this actress and her Calvins, except a huge public outcry considering she was 15 at the time of the ad. Oh, I'm trying to remember if this is the right actress. You said actress specifically in the question, right? I did. Ah, oh, so I my first guess I think is wrong on this. Nothing got to me. Ah. Oh. 15 in the mid 80s. I'm going to just try to stream a consciousness my way there. Uh, Phoebe Cates would be too old and too early, I think, although she was big at the time. I don't think I'm right, but I don't know if Jeff's going to be able to name the actress. I'm going to say DeKalb, Illinois' favorite daughter, Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford is incorrect. Yeah, I had a feeling it was. Jeff, can you steal? That was, and the the clue would could you read the question one more time so I can sure. pin it down nothing got between this actress and her Calvins except a huge public outcry considering she was 15 at the time of the ad and it's just 80s so it could be mm -hmm. 15 and 89 which mm, maybe Drew Barrymore could be that old I don't think so because yeah, I'll I'll guess Drew Barrymore, but that's uh, I'm not super confident, but that's what I got. Drew Barrymore is incorrect. Uh, yeah, she would have been that like ten, I think, in yeah. 1989. Adam, do you know this one? Yeah, I've got an idea, um, and I think it's I think it's because when you think of overly sexualized children. Uh, with movies like Blue Lagoon and other stuff, I believe Brooke uh, Shields was very much um, that person. It was Brooke Shields. That makes more sense. That's why I didn't get it. I don't think of overly sexualized children. <laughs> <Adam>. <laughs> oh, yeah. You really made me look bad right there, Jason. Thanks. Your words, your podcast. You edit it out as you choose. Well, unfortunately for Adam, I'm going to be the one editing this episode. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh I, I, I'm already lost, Adam. Uh, uh, I believe that Jeff is picking. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, 
And I believe all we have left is movies, literature, and sports. Correct. So of those three, I'm going to, you know what, Jason, I bet you could guess what I'm going to pick between those three. <laughs> what do you think it is? It's oh, you're absolutely taking literature. No, right? I'm gonna go movies. Oh, but I said it, and you gave me the option. So you're taking <laughs> literature now. Uh, what category did you say? I'm, I'm gonna pick movies. Okay. Okay. And your decade is the '60s. What 1965 summertime movie is it about? Is about a, sh- a singer named Sugarcane who is unwittingly being used for publicity stunts for her latest album by her agent. It stars Frankie Avalon. And Annette Funicello. My God, I, I have one name in my head, and I'm assuming that there's like 30 of these different movies, that, and that could be the plot of like 19 of them. Um, but like the only thing that's popping up is Beach Blanket Bingo. That's the only one in my brain, and I'm sure that there's five, ten more that could absolutely fit. But I'm gonna go Beach Blanket Bingo. Beach Blanket Bingo. Is correct. Yes. Ah. <laughs> Woo. God, I'm escaping. I'm escaping these 50s and 60s questions by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> All right, Jason, you are left with sports and literature. Which one do you want, or which one do you want to stick uh, Jeff with? Oh, I'm sticking Jeff with literature. I'm going to take sports. <laughs> okay. And I'm sorry. <laughs> It's the 50s. <laughs> I'm so sorry. They only had three sports in the 50s, so I feel good about this. <laughs> there you go. Name this 25-year-old British medical student who became the first man to run a mile in less than four minutes. Roger Bannister. Roger God. Bannister is correct. Dang it. Wow. Dang it, dang it, dang it. I, I write 10 sports questions a week for my live trivia shows. If I couldn't recall Roger Bannister, I've got to figure out how to write trivia questions. <laughs> nice. All right. And I believe that leaves literature for Jeff. Yeah. Adam, what's the decade going to be? It does. And hey, we got the 90s. Woo. All right. In January 1993, DC Comics shocked the world with the release of The Death of Superman. In the story, what apocalyptic-sounding villain killed the Man of Steel? Doomsday. Without hesitation, Doomsday is correct. Yes. And Jeff, do you have this comic? I do. I had not only the death, uh, I had the death of Superman and then the rebirth, the four rebirth comics mm-hmm. with Man of Steel, uh, the, <laughs> the, Met- the Metropolis Kid, don't call him Superboy, um, <laughs> the Kryptonian and Cyborg Superman. Which I don't remember if he nice. had a different name than Cyborg Superman, but that's what I was. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have my copy of that one sitting in the bookshelf right off of my right shoulder, <laughs> untouched nice. for 28 years because my stepfather told me it was going to be worth a lot, <laughs> and then everybody bought a copy, and that's how supply and demand works. Yes. <laughs> All right, that is the end of round one, Adam. Whew. What is the score? All right, we've got a lot of points because uh, only one question was missed, but we have a slight lead. Jeff has 50 and Jason has 40. Oof. All right. Well, Jason got to pick first in round one. In round two, Jeff, you are going to pick for Jason. At the okay. beginning of round two. Let's <laughs> Here's let's do a let's do a, a hold on, where's oh my wallet's upstairs. I have an Uno reverse card that I keep in my <laughs> wallet for when my son's being a jerk. I just hold it up to him. Uh, so how about let's give him literature right off the bat? 
Right back at you. Okay. Not a comic book question. Come on. <laughs> and we're going to be in the 80s. What 1987 satirical novel by Tom Wolfe about ambition, racism, social class, politics, and greed in the 1980s centers on a wasp bond trader, wasp being white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, a Jewish assistant district attorney, and a British expatriate journalist. What's the name of the author again? Tom Wolfe. Tom Wolfe, right? A title has come to mind that I'm confident is wrong. I don't know if I can pull the correct title. I don't think this is like the novel for which the film Wall Street would have come from, because I don't think that was an adaptation, but it feels so peak 80s. Around that time of, ye- uh, of the decade, that I'm just going to throw my, my wrong answer out, because I'm pretty sure this wasn't written by Tom Wolfe. I'm going to say Naked Lunch. Naked Lunch is incorrect jeff can you steal nope no i can't (laughs) not at all uh let's pick a random book off of the shelf uh how about mordekainen's tome of foes is that correct (laughs) whatever that name was is incorrect it's my dnd books they're all (laughs) within hands reach uh the correct answer is bonfire of the vanities oh that's right okay I've, All right. I've heard that before, but I never would have guessed. Never could have pulled it. All right, Jason, what category do you want to give to Jeff? Uh, I'm going to give Jeff fashion. Okay. And it's going to be way, way back in the 60s. An interest in French New Wave films influenced fashion in the 60s, including what headwear? My brain immediately says pillbox cap, but they can't possibly because that was... Jackie O. I'm assuming it's just a beret. Just a beret is correct. Hey. Nice. Okay. I'm all right with that. (laughs) All right, Jeff, what do you want to give to Jason? Uh, How about slang? Okay. Trying to find my beret. Don't mind me. (laughs) (laughs) If it's not raspberry, I don't want it. (laughs) <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Uh, and we're going <laughs> to... Oh, nice Riddler cat. Uh, uh, slang will be in the 2000s. This term for any large tote bag came from its use in a particular prehistoric kids show. Ooh, I'm going to have to think this one through. Uh, particular prehistoric kids show. I had kids in the 2000s. They watched prehistoric shows, but those are about dinosaurs and or trains. So I don't think that's going to help me here. Uh, God, that word prehistoric is jumping out to me as something that's throwing off any guess that I would have. Um, hmm. Prehistoric, that would be cavemen. That would be dinosaurs. What, what TV shows in the 2000s were centered on dinosaurs other than like dinosaur train which my kid was addicted to uh in the early 2010s uh i don't think i'm gonna stumble across the answer to this so i'm gonna say a pebbles bag and accept my loss (laughs) pebbles bag is incorrect jeff can you steal i think i'm right about on the dinosaur train with jason (laughs) not being able to think of a prehistoric kids show I mean, there's like Barney, but that was 90s because I remember indiscriminately hating Barney when I was in high school just because it was for kids and I was so adult. (laughs) 
Um, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't think I can pull in. I'm going to say, how about a T-Rex bag? I don't think that that's correct, but. T-Rex bag is so close. Oh, no. You are on the right track with the Barney show. It is a Barney bag. What? Because huh. Barney okay. would bring a giant tote bag out to hand out gifts to the kids, and that uh. became a slang term for any large tote bag. Oh, man. Huh, today I learned. I can't... I. I don't remember Barney going into the 2000s, but that's when I was 21 and drinking and not remembering kids' shows. <laughs> <laughs> eh, well, just do? because the show didn't go into the 2000s doesn't mean the slang term. Oh, I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. 90s. That would be when the, the people that watched it. Yeah, all right. Makes sense. Uh, all right. Uh, nobody got the points there. And I believe Jason is picking for Jeff. Yeah, it sounds about right. Let's, uh, let's see if we can stick him with something in movies. Okay. And it'll be a totally awesome 80s movie question. All right. So this is a opening lines question. I'm going to read the opening lines from a movie, and you just need to tell me the name of the movie. It was the summer of 1963 when everyone called me baby and it didn't occur to me to mind. It was before Kennedy got shot, before the Beatles, when I wanted to join the Peace Corps. And didn't think I'd ever find a guy as great as my dad. That's see now I'm out on a limb here because I have actively avoided watching this film as an adult. I'm assuming that it's Dirty Dancing because I don't know too many other movies from the '80s that have somebody named Baby who doesn't belong in a corner. But it was only recently that I remembered hearing that that was set like decades in the past, and I couldn't. But I yeah, I'm gonna say Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. Is correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Woo. Decades in the past, when like a uh, you know nearly thirty Patrick Swayze character was okay to start hitting on a seventeen <laughs> or sixteen year old kid. Yeah, that totally makes sense, John. Yeah, you got a fine. lot of these kind of questions up. Yeah, that's easily the second best movie ever released where a main character doesn't like being called Francis. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, all right, Adam, where are we? Uh, that means um, Jeff is picking for Jason. All right. All right, let's see. Um, not toys and games. <laughs> uh, let's go with news and politics because I don't because I politics. don't want it. <laughs> not bad strategy we, at all. No, and we are staying in the eighties. Okay. On December eighth, nineteen eighty, John Lennon was murdered in front of his house in New York. By what lone gunman? The pause here is me trying to remember what his middle name is. Because uh, it's Mark Chapman, and I think it's Mark David Chapman. Mark David Chapman is correct. That actually took place two days before I was born. <laughs> yeah, two months before I was born. All right, so I've got to throw one over to Jeff, don't I? You do. You do. Oh. Let's see. We've got music left. I'm not giving him that. Uh, We've got TV left. Uh, We're looking at toys and games and sports. I'm going to give him sports. Ah, All right. (laughs) Also should be looking at food, right? Yeah. Food is also available. All right. For sports, we are in the 2000s. Oh, this question also comes to us from Jody Steele. In 2004, the Boston Red Sox beat this avian team in the World Series breaking the curse of the Bambino, and ending their 
year losing streak. The Sox swept the series, winning the first four games. They beat, and I will never remember how great this was, as a Cubs fan, the St. Louis Cardinals got swept by the Bo Sox in the World Series. St. Louis Cardinals is correct. My roommate was so mad. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> I went to Illinois State University, which is far enough south that you get an influx of Cubs and Sox from the north and St. Louis fans from the south. He was <laughs> displeased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The important thing to remember about baseball in the mid-2000s is we had that amazing World Series for Chicago fans in 2004 when the Red Sox ended their uh, – streak and and the cardinals got swept and then nothing happened in 2005 (laughs) (laughs) all right uh jeff what do you want to give to jason i think of the four remaining categories i would be the least strongest at toys and games so i'm going to give him even though it's right in his wheelhouse i'm going to give him toys and games he gave me a movies question i'll give him toys and games fair play the decade is back to the 50s. There were only three toys in the 50s. I think I'll be all right. <laughs> all right. This question also comes to us from Jody Steele. Thank you, Jody. Developed in 1951, this simple toy consists of thin pieces of vinyl printed with popular characters from TV and movies. The pieces can be attached to a variety of backgrounds to create different scenarios. The pieces stick to the background by forming a vacuum and can be peeled off and repositioned. What is the name of this vibrant toy? Oh, I know exactly what they are. I had them uh, at my grandparents' house when I was a kid. Do I remember the name of them? Of course not. Not in this moment. Uh, What I can tell you is they're not shrinky dinks, which is what I was hoping you were getting to. Um, What the heck were they called? Because I probably had like the knockoff generic version, knowing my grandparents. Um, I'm gonna go with color sticks and laugh my way to a wrong answer. Color sticks is incorrect. Jeff, can you steal? I think they're color forms, but I could be wrong. Color forms is correct. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, uh, the only I didn't own any of those, but the library at my grade school did. And uh, uh, the teacher would always say, and if anybody wants color forms and none of us did, but you would always have the big <laughs> box out if anybody wanted to play with them. But as soon as you started talking, I thought he was talking about Shrinky Dinks too, Jason. I was hoping. Jeff got the steal and Jason, you now have to pick for him and left. We have music, TV and food. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. Yep, looks good to me. I'm. I feel we're both going to be pretty good at at music and food. Uh, I'm going to give him TV and hope. Okay. The decade is the '80s. Mad Dog, Face Man, BA, and Hannibal made up who? Uh, you left out the most important member, the van. <laughs> that is. Oh, Max Sanhigh. That is the A team. That is the A-team. Team, team, team. I even like saying team. It's an IT crowd joke for all my British friends. (laughs) Fun fact, the A stood for anarchy, but they couldn't tell you that in the 80s. (laughs) Uh, All right. Jeff, you got uh, food and music left. What do you want to give to Jason, and what do you want to keep for yourself? Um, Let's give food to Jason, and I'll take that, uh, that lovely, sweet music question. 
right. And the food question will be in the 90s. All right. And this question is also brought to you by Jody Steele. <laughs> can I preemptively guess Gushers or should I listen to the question? <laughs> I mean, you can. <laughs> well, let's hear it out. All right. Debuting in the mid-90s by General Mills, this cereal was originally shaped like small pieces of bread before being changed to a generic square shape. In Canada, it's known as croque pandor. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember if Cinnamon Toast Crunch is that young, relatively speaking. And I'm having a hard time thinking it is because I feel like it was out when I was younger. Uh, but I also know that they had like a variant of that that was like French Toast Crunch. And I'm trying to reverse engineer my lack of French etymology <laughs> knowledge to see if croque pandour uh, translates better to French toast. I'm going to say French toast crunch. French toast crunch is correct. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah, I, I vividly remember those little pieces of bread. They're delicious. Mm-hmm. All right. And that leaves Jeff with music. Adam, what's the decade? We've had quite a few of them, but we're going to continue with the 80s. All right. And guess what? This is another question brought to you <laughs> by Jody Steele. Admittedly, Thank you so much, Jody. Admittedly, Jody uh, did a guest host for us and then gave me all the questions that didn't get used. Oh, so nice. they went immediately into my, <laughs> my road to our questions. Uh-huh. You guys just happened to be rolling on them. Released in 1987, the Aerosmith song Dude Looks Like a Lady was allegedly inspired by Steven Tyler mistaking this 80s hair metal singer for a woman. I bet it didn't feel good. I'm trying to piece together that little clue at the end as to who might have sang, sang a song. Ooh, um, uh, one more time, can I hear the question? Is that, I think you said 80s hair metal singer. Released in 1987, the Aerosmith song Dude Looks Like a Lady was allegedly inspired by Steven Tyler mistaking this 80s hair metal singer for a woman. I bet it didn't feel good. I'm going to say Vince Neil. Vince Neil is correct. Yes. <laughs> oh. Okay. Hooray. <laughs> Pulled that one out. Damn it. I thought I was going to get the steal on that. I'm like, I, I think he might guess Nikki Six and not think it through. No, that's way. why. I think he's going to get there. Yeah. I was, I was like, wait a minute. Singer. All right. All right. That is the end of round two. Adam, what is our score going into the final round? Well, it's definitely a pretty big lead, but it is not doubled up. So this final round really does matter. Jeff has 110. Jason has 60. All right. Jeff, since you are in the lead, you are going to get to pick your category or get to pick a category for the final round. Which one would you like? Um, man. So this is tough because my gut instinct is to immediately say music. But then what happens when I get that wrong? And then I'm hoisted on my own petard. Just a, <laughs> a good petard hoisting. I don't want that. Uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. Music. Okay. All right. And the decade will be the 90s. All right. And Jason, what category would you like to add to the final round? Uh, I, I think I need something that's going to differentiate us a little bit. So I'm going to go against my gut here and... Go news and politics. Okay. And that decade will be the 70s. All right. So 
based on 90s music and 70s news and politics, please like in, lock in your bids for the final round. Okay, I'm locked in. I am. I am. Oh, let me write it bigger. There we go. All right. I'm just going to say this now. Both questions are brought to you by Jody Steele. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have pulled out almost all of my Jody Steele questions. <laughs> oh, no. You'll have to start writing again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's your 90s music question. Before he perfected the art of denial, this artist peaked at number three on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 with the 1995 banger, Boombastic. And for your 70s news and politics question, on May 15th, 1972, this governor from Alabama was shot five times by Arthur Bremner in an assassination attempt. Bremner spent 35 years in prison and was released in 2007, while his target was left paralyzed and wheelchair-bound for the rest of his life. Oh yeah, it's my thing. Uh, just going to let everybody know to check out all the different podcasts on the Beef Up Network. Uh, we have fantastic nostalgic-based podcasts, um, including things like Podcasting After Dark for the people who like the uh, more cult classic kind of horror-style stuff. Uh, Talking Back, they talk everything pretty much mainstream, but they go into comics, movies, pretty much anything that floats their boat. Uh, people Don't Forget, where he typically picks out a copy or a, a specific topic from a single year. Action, action. That is going through every single action movie they can get their hands on. Blast from our past podcast. That's uh, me and John. And we do pretty much mainstream nostalgic stuff from our past, whether it's album reviews, TV show, movie reviews, um, or top 10 lists. And then Car Ride to Seinfeld podcast, where we are going episode by episode of every episode of Seinfeld. And um, I think we got them all there. All right. And I am locked in. I am also locked in uh, all right uh jason since you were behind would you give us your answers to the 90s music and 70s news and politics questions all right for uh 90s music uh the only bombastic person i can think of uh you know who has his own legal defense named after him would be shaggy <laughs> so i'm very confident that shaggy is right it comes down to the the, the uh, news and politics question and I don't know if I'm in the right time frame, but the only Alabama governor whose name is coming to mind anywhere in that window of opportunity is the notoriously terrible human being, uh, Governor Wallace. So that's what I locked in at. All right. And Jeff, what are your answers? I, I have also, also Shaggy. Uh, and then a question mark for the second one that I have zero clue on whatsoever. I couldn't. All right. I couldn't even tell. I couldn't even tell you Wallace. That's that's a name that's rattling up there. But I never would have been able to put him in Alabama in the seventies. All right, your answers to the questions, the nineties music question, before uh, per uh, perfecting the art of denial. What artist uh, had the nineteen ninety five banger boombastic? The answer is definitely Shaggy. Shaggy. Yeah, it wasn't me. <laughs> that's what, that's the reference. Love it. And the governor from Alabama who was shot five times was Governor Question Mark. Yay! Yes. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> no, it's a Dutch it name, I know. George Wallace. Oh, oh whoa. Okay. That was a pull. Okay, I had no confidence on that. It was, I know one governor from Alabama, <laughs> and if it's not this guy, I don't have a chance here. All right. Well, let's find out how we did. Jason, since you were behind, how much did you wager? 
Uh, I, Jeff is a noble competitor. He, he took me to the mat in regulation. I, I went for a true daily double. I bet 60. All right. And Jeff, how much did you wager? Uh, Texas with a dollar sign. <laughs> You're just giving all. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I uh, in true Jeopardy fashion, I wagered eleven to stay one up enough. He doubled. So, yep. I all am right. the loser. Adam, it's almost like we know each other. <laughs> Adam, do the math and tell us yep. what the final score is. Coming from behind in our final round, winning with 120 points. Over Jeff's 99, Jason Borsum is the winner today. Well done. Well done. Wow. What a pull. That Wallace was a great pull. Yeah, it makes up for the three or four wild guesses that I got wrong in regulation. That's okay. But as a team, we'd be really, really good. (laughs) Yeah, we got all but one, I think, collectively. Uh, Stupid Brooke Shields uh, and her. There were three 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 questions. Brooke Shields and then. I only remember one. We're going to edit the other two out. Yeah. There were only three questions in the 50s. We had a pretty good chance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jason, since you are the winner, I'm going to give you your first crack at uh, doing any shout-outs or uh, promoting anything that you would like. Uh, sure. First and foremost, I'd like to shout out that, uh, once again, George Wallace is a terrible human being. Uh, <laughs> but on a personal note, uh, if people like trivia, trivia, Jason content and staring at my face for no good reason, uh, you can find me on Twitch like five or six nights a week these days at twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage. Courage is spelled with the letter K because copyright is spelled with the letter C. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Facebook for live and uh, online event scheduling and stuff at uh, facebook.com slash liquid courage. Uh, and you can probably find me at the end of the bar drinking Captain and Coke. <laughs> All right. And Jeff. Um I really I really don't have like an online presence too much anymore. Uh but if you want to find me and and talk to me, I usually post just memes I steal from Reddit. Uh just at RMT Trivia at all the places will get you there. Uh but if you are taking the time to go and follow people, uh follow Jason. Uh or any number of wonderful quizzers uh, that I know uh, instead of me, because I don't, I don't do this anymore. But you can listen to me talk about it on the Quadrivia podcast uh, or uh, go support your local ska bands and just go find the one that is still <laughs> trucking and be like, hey, 40-year-old dudes, uh, I will come and skink for you in the mosh pit at your shows. That's what I'd ask. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Adam, and I'm John, and this was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast, or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. La, la, la.
I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. 